Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Giovanna here. Before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know that today's episode contains discussion around miscarriage. If you prefer, please listen to another episode. Welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is one-fifth of, well, one of the biggest pop bands of my childhood. He's also a father of two in his age from Steps. Hello, Ian Watkins. How are you? Hello. What an introduction. Thank you very much. I, I literally had like memories, because I'm not actually recording in my house today. I'm in someone else's house. And I had memories of the drive over here of me literally just stood in front of my mirror, singing Tragedy over and over and again, over again, because that CD came with like a an instrumental version as like the B track. So that was yeah, that did. was my childhood right there. Yeah, it did, and it also, if you remember, it came with instructions how to do the dance moves. We did yeah. pictures, <laughs> so it was like a tutorial, yes. and we did that with every CD. <laughs> yes, but that was brilliant because I think I drove the rest of my family absolutely bonkers. But I absolutely loved that you could listen to you guys and then try and do it yourselves karaoke version yeah exactly <laughs> how are you the school run is done you've got a coffee are you yes. feeling nice and relaxed yes well i mean the kids went back to school yesterday um so it was kind of mixed emotions really you know they they started big school oh. uh, so so they they go to a welsh school and a big school in welsh is a school mawr 
and that's the first thing they came uh, they said when they came down yesterday morning they went <laughs> so they were super excited so yeah it's a mixed emotions today how were they going into school yesterday were they were they happy actually at the gates or were you happy um, at the gates Again, mixed emotions. One of mine is um, super confident. Um, so he literally went running in. And the other was a little bit apprehensive um, yeah. because he'd not seen his friends for, you know, for, for a little while. So my other child run back, Max run back, and he went, don't worry, Cubby, I will look after you and I will tell everyone to look after you. Oh. And my heart just went, oh. <laughs> That's so adorable. Are they always like that together? Because I've got three boys and they... That they go from really being adorable, especially in that sort of situation, but then just bickering a lot of the time as well. I play referee a lot. Gonna, I'm not going to fluff it up. I'll say 90% of the time they hate each other. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness, because it's the same for me. And I, any parent that disagrees with that, I, I just do not know what they're doing or what yeah. we are doing wrong. I mean, yeah. my children, I literally have to police every second. I mean... <laughs> Twins are something very, very different. I mean, yeah. I don't have a singleton. So I've never had the luxury of a one-to-one. -one. You know, mm -hmm. you know, they have my undivided attention. I can give everything that they need in that moment. I am constantly playing ping pong. Yeah. You know, I compare myself to a daddy blue tit, right? <laughs> <laughs> so have you seen those bird cam boxes? You know, bird nest boxes? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to call him a daddy bird because that's what I do. So daddy blue tit flies back and forth. He makes sure his, his children are fed. He makes sure they're warm. He makes sure they're comfortable. He makes sure they have everything that they need. And all they do is... <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day, that daddy bird is... He's exhausted. He looks like he's been dragged through a bush and he's featherless. And that's what I feel like every day. At the end of every day, I am an exhausted blue tit. That's what oh, I am. Oh my gosh, I'm going to use that, even though I'm not a man. And obviously you live in Wales and you grew mm -hmm. up in Wales. How, so was it important for you that the boys grew up and had the same sort of childhood that you did? It's the reason that I moved back. Um, I live half, away, half an hour away from my parents. Right. And... Myself and my brothers had an incredible relationship with all our grandparents. And I wanted my children to have that. I yeah. wanted, you know, to have them in their lives. And our family unit has got much stronger because mm. of it. Yeah. You know, we do things every Sunday. You know, they come down and babysit. They'll take them to swimming lessons for me. And it's just that unbreakable bond now. that They'll, they'll always have that. And did you always think that you would have your own family? It was something I always dreamed of. I always had that paternal instinct, but I never thought it was possible. Yeah. And I tried many different routes before I ended up with, I was going to say these perfect little packages, but they're not perfect. <laughs> they're perfectly imperfect. <laughs> they're, they're little monsters is what they are. <laughs> but I guess growing up when you did, like a young gay man, were there people who were having children who were also gay. So if you didn't see that, if you didn't know that that was even a possibility, for you that must have been looking ahead, not really knowing what that future was going to hold. Yeah, very much so. I never had... Well, there weren't that many gay role models, yeah. let alone gay dads. I mean, times have changed very much now. You know, the representation we have, you know, across the board is, is just incredible. But the only references I had to gay men were, I don't know if you remember, like Larry Grayson, mm -hmm. John Inman... Dale Winton 
But actually, I don't think they were out loud and proud. They were just very kind of effeminate men that women felt safe watching. Yeah. So, oh, he's a, he's a lovely boy. Oh, I like that, you know, that Dale Winton. Yeah. But they were never out. Yeah, yeah. So I never had anybody that I could look up to, especially, you know, because I wanted to be a parent. Yeah. When um, I started uh, looking into fatherhood, um, I was with somebody at the time and we actually went down the adoption route very, very early on. We're talking maybe 15 years ago now. Really? And we went quite far down the process. I never told anybody this, actually. So we went far, quite far down the process. You know, we did all the training courses. We met with social workers. And it turned out that um, part of the team that we were working with was actually homophobic. And that's why we never got any further with the process. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but it was very new. I mean, adoption for same-sex parents was, or, or gay parents was very, very new at that point. I think times have changed a lot and people would be called out for that now. Yeah. But yeah, but that's why we changed course and we opted for surrogacy. And that process was quite, uh, <laughs> it was a long haul. I mean, wowzers, you know, through lots of heartache. Well, you started looking into that about 10 years ago. And yeah. even in the same sort of thing, like back then, now it's, there are so many different places you can go to for support, like different communities that you can get advice from. Whereas if you're talking about a decade ago, was there that information to help you find a surrogate, work your way through that whole thing? Not really. And the only reference when I started to, you know, do a lot of research was David and Elton. Right. So they were the only gay parents that I knew. So after, you know, years and years of having meetings with surrogates and agencies, it's a minefield, uh, G. It's, you know, there's egg donors. I know more about women's menstrual cycles than women's. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but, you know, after a long road, we actually, so we worked with the same team that Elton and David worked with. And then after many, many years of failed attempts, you know, uh, different situations, we ended up with twins. That's so amazing. And it was quite the journey to get there because I read that back in 2012, one of your surrogates miscarried as well, which mm -hmm. must be... So I know that you talk through all of that before you even go into the process, but it must be so difficult... Going into that anyway, when you're so far, you know, you're not with that person who's carrying your child and, you know, you do connect with the baby straight away. Mm -hmm. um, and it must be a really difficult thing to one day have it and one day it's not there anymore. It was a very strange situation, a, ve a very intense feeling of losing something that you never had. Yeah. I can't even explain it. You had something, but it was taken away, but you never had it. Mm. that all of those expectations all of those dreams you know all of those wants and needs were taken away in a flash yeah and the grieving process didn't hit me until a lot long after the surrogate uh, she lost the baby quite late on and I was on tour at the time so and I, I literally I had to go on stage uh, that night I think it was Wembley actually I texted the guys because it happened late at night and I remember you know they, they came to my room Hugging and we were obviously talking it out and they held my hand so tightly that next show and I remember that the song that got me was the, the song that we sing when I said goodbye and that was literally the hard one of the hardest things I've ever had to sing there is also that thing I think when you go through it I mean it's like you say it's 
you didn't have it, but you, all of those dreams that you have going to that point, going, going to finding out that you, you are having a baby, they suddenly magnify and this whole new world opens up. And then when that's gone, it's like you don't know what to do with all of that. What was it like going into it again uh, off the back of that? Did you wait or did you, were you just sort of like, let's just carry on? Because at that point you have to go back and find, you have to go through the whole process of an egg donor. Are you going to use the same surrogate? Are you going to, there are so many more things that you've got to sort out. Yeah, very much so. I mean, we lost the baby quite late on. Um, so like I said, I didn't deal with that for a good few months afterwards. So we didn't get back on the horse as it yeah. were straight away. We didn't go uh, straight to, uh, into the process again. It was until we'd actually dealt with it and accepted. I was off tour, so I could actually, you know, spend some time on my own and kind of come to the realisation of what had happened. Then we went, OK, this is the situation. Do we move forward or we, or are we just content as we are? And we decided to move forward. Mm. But like you said, you know, that then that whole process started again. It was, OK, new surrogate egg donors and of course there is the financial implications of yeah. it as well because you know there's lots of con controversy uh, surrounding surrogacy but for me it was the right thing to do you know we we tried to adopt it didn't go our way so this was the next step mm. and there are so many different elements that are involved in surrogacy you know we don't have the right bits that you have yeah. <laughs> you know? so yeah so we need a little bit of help and help we got and you know that didn't happen straight away for me it was a, a good 15 year process wow that's so yeah. long so what was it like when you found out that your surrogate was pregnant with twins <laughs> well, we knew that there was a possibility of that because we had embryos that were grade A. Right. And our our super doctor <laughs> embedded them really, you know, and I've got a video of it happening, you know, of it all. So I've got the actual moment that they uh, were, I guess, conceived. Yeah. So, you know, where, where Tadpole met Egg. Yeah. <laughs> and, and actually the moment where they were, they were actually kind of snuggled nicely in, in the womb as well. So we saw that, but we never knew if that was going to, you know, produce one, two or none. Yeah. And you can tell by, you know, the different levels in the blood, you know, which are taken, you know, so, so many days afterwards. And we were like, okay, these levels are high. Okay, they, they're really <laughs> high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have these eggs split into four? Well, we had a lady on um, last series, uh, Karina, who'd had triplets. They used two eggs in their surrogate and they were told that I think it was a 20% chance of twins and she ended up with triplets. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, no, I just don't know how you do that. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm, I'm a single dad now. That was never the plan. But you know what? Life throws things at you and it takes twists and turns. So that's where I am and that's what I'm dealing yeah. with. I can't imagine how one person does three little people. I mean, I'm outnumbered as it is. You yeah. know, I have I have two little monsters and I have one hand each, and if I want to pull them up by the ears, I can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I do not know, especially when they're babies. The early stages, I did all of those night feeds. Yeah. I oh my goodness me, I 
I can't even believe looking back on it. How did I get through that? I mean, any new parent, you know, especially women, I, you are machines. <laughs> you are, you are literally superhuman beings. I don't know how you go through childbirth, sometimes a C-section, you know, all of the, the postnatal shenanigans mm. and then deal with night feeds. You know, I did all of the post bit, yeah, not yeah, all yeah. the <laughs> the pre bit. Yeah. And I was, oh my God, I used to sit on the floor with my back on the sofa, I'd have them in their car seats and I'd put bottles in both their mouths <laughs> and I b- would be crying oh. on my own because my partner at the time was working, he was working away for a long, long time. So I did it. I did everything. Oh my God, I, those, those screams at like three in the morning. Oh my goodness me. I, I, you think back on it and don't you, you go, how did I get through that? Yeah. And it's so raw and it's so messy and it's a, scary time almost as well because you you feel so out of your depth yeah and you are in charge of these two little people and you don't know what you're doing there's no manual oh I, I actually did read a few manuals happy baby content baby I was like yeah. threw that out the window I mean was it, it Gina Ford she can go Gina and do Ford. one she can I do think one you all read Gina Ford. I read the first chapter and was like oh no <laughs> this isn't gonna work I threw that and there was a Gina Ford of twins and then I found afterwards the woman is haven't even got children I was like what oh there what is the you... whole thing though isn't it if you aren't emotionally connected to those children like it's a very different thing I think to kind of walk into a place and go, well, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. But unless you're there at two o'clock in the morning and you are crying with your child... Because... Into a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the amount of times that Tom came home, because he went on tour straight after we had Buzz, the amount of times that he came home and I'd just be stood in the middle of our bedroom, you know, boobs leaking, everything just hurting and just crying. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I don't need Gina Ford at that moment. I don't need someone to come in and go, this is what you're doing wrong. I no. just need someone to scoop me up and help me a bit. I am a little bit envious of you. Not your leaky boobs, but you, know, you had somebody <laughs> to, to just to cry Ooh, yes, on. Yes, yeah. But and as a parent, I I am as a parent. I've always got one ear yeah. open anyway. Yeah, you know, exactly. The door's always open. I can hear. If there's a footstep on, you know, it's a creak on the floorboards. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, burp, burp. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and you've got to be because you know you you just you so you are so hyper alert. Um, was it quite early on that your family dynamic changed? Because that's got to be difficult as well. Going into parenthood after all that time, thinking it was going to look like one thing, and then mm-hmm. that shifting. That must have been a tough one to kind of I guess it's a mindset as well isn't it kind of going well this is the reality now and I am going to be doing it on my own yeah I mean the family dynamic pretty much changed straight away but it's hard to deal and accept anything like that because you're in the middle of a tornado Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and you don't have time to grieve or you don't have time to reflect on the loss you just have to deal with the now yeah so I threw myself into my children, into, you know, nappies three times a night, you know, midnight feeds, dream feeds, you know, all <laughs> of that stuff. I guess all of these terms most dads wouldn't really know about that I know of anyway, because I have a fantastic circle of parent mum friends yeah. and I'm the only dad in that group. You know, in the school WhatsApp group, I'm the only dad in that group. Oh, you know, I've made them put the dads in because I'm a bit good. like, I'm not the only one organising our lives. Like, they need to know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that, that, and there's great text and they're like, oh, don't forget, pee kit tomorrow, yeah. you know, homework tomorrow, pound tomorrow because it's red clothes day, you know. <laughs> 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 oh, 
all of that stuff. Age, <laughs> take me back to the birth. What was that like, meeting your sons for the first time? My goodness. Okay, so my children were born in California. Oh, wow. Yep, so my surrogate was from San Francisco. Yep. And um, the reason that... So basically, surrogacy and the laws surrounding surrogacy are very different yeah. in, in California. So from literally uh, three months in the womb, uh, we could be classed as parent one and parent mm-hmm. two for, uh, for, from that time. And the laws are very different over here. Yeah. So just for my peace of mind, um, I wanted to do it that way. Yeah. Um, so I went out at... Uh, 38 weeks and I was um, there on a two-week holiday. I was like, right, this is the only holiday I'm going to have. At the time, my partner was working. Um, so I, I went out for a two-week and I booked, you know, a beautiful apartment. Um, I had the works and I thought, you know what, I'm going to enjoy this. I got there and that evening I had um, dinner with my surrogates and the agency. We, you know, we've become great friends. Yeah. And I'm still great friends. You know, I te- we text daily, you know, with, with our surrogates. Um, so I had, had uh, dinner, great, kiss goodbye, lovely. Uh, went back to the apartment and I was asleep. And I'd taken, so, and melatonin, because I thought, <laughs> right, I'm going to get over this jet lag. I'm going to take a little melatonin. And then at three in the morning... I had like banging on my door, literally, bang, 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 bang. And I was literally like, what, what the hell is going on? I looked at my phone. I had like 30 missed calls. Um, <laughs> opened the door. Your wife is having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must have been like, who am I? I, I don't have a wife. I was like, shit. <laughs> so then it was literally like a Hollywood movie. So I was like, oh, literally like, like dressing frantically, headed out the door, tried to get a cab. The cab took me to the wrong hospital. No. Yeah, took me to the wrong hospital. I was like, yes! Okay, <laughs> bombed it back out of the hospital, got another cab, got to the right hospital. I literally walked in reception. They beeped me for security. I walked into a robe, into a room, and my children were born. It was oh literally... Oh, my gosh! <laughs> oh, my gosh! But, of course, I was on my own. Yes. And, and my partner at the time was expected to fly out two weeks later. Oh, my gosh. Ready for the birth. Yeah. So I was on my own in a foreign country with two little people going, what do I do? I was literally stranded with these defenceless little blobs. So going, what do you do from that point? So once the, once the babies have been born, do they did they stay in hospital for a little while? Um, yeah, I mean, it's very different in America. So um, we are very blessed in this country with the NHS. Yeah. There's obviously everything is covered, but in America, which I, I quickly learned, um, everything is private healthcare. <laughs> and billed. <laughs> You'd like an yes. appeal, we'll bill you for it. <laughs> yeah, all, but all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and that is a bit of a minefield. Um, but luckily I had all of the insurances in place mm. before I went out there. I had a great company that advised me. Um, <laughs> but it was literally... Um, the quicker you get out of the hospital, the cheaper it will be for you. Because yeah. <laughs> it costs literally thousands of pounds a night to stay in a hospital bed. Oh, my gosh. I remember my children were born and two hours later, they were, I was sat on a bed. I was sleeping in a bed with the, with the incubator next door to them, next door to me. And I had a knock on the door for me to go downstairs and pay my bill. <laughs> Because I thought I was going to be a runner in the night. I was like, what? 
what, what, what do I do? What, what, what? Oh my gosh! And also, yeah, what? Like, how do you go downstairs when you've got twins there? Exactly. Well, I mean, they have security and everything on the wards anyway. But I was left literally in the middle of a different country on my own with two little people going. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So how long were you over there for? I think it was about a week in total. Like I said, it's a blue Oh, not now, that long. It, no, not at all. It was about a week because I'd, I'd lined all of my ducks up ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully. I mean, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, right? I mean, what was the flight like? Can you remember the flight at home or is that completely like... Yeah, the fl- oh, I remember the attendants. Um, they were literally showering uh, Prosecco and champagne because... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they felt sorry for us. I don't know. <laughs> but I remember going to, you know, the air, the, the toilet with two little people going straight away. You become a multitasker. Yeah. You can literally have one baby in a sling. You can change one and then you kind of put one there. You flop one out, put it back in and then change the other. You just yeah. become a master. You, know, yeah. you become an octopus. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Before going into it, you'd have that thing of how on earth am I going to do that? But actually, you find your own methods. Yeah, and like I say, so I'm a single dad. Um, so if I go to a coffee shop in my village, you know, I, I live in a really kind of close-knit community. Everybody knows everybody. So I would go to a coffee shop. Every morning, I would make a point of getting out because I couldn't be one of these parents that stayed in and went crazy within four walls. Yeah. So every morning, before nine o'clock, I, I didn't know where I was going. I would go out. So I would generally go to, you know, the park. Uh, I'd go to a coffee shop. So I'd go to a friend's house. I'd do anything rather than stay inside mm-hmm. and go crazy with screens. So I would go to a coffee shop and I, there would be literally strangers in my village. And I would go, can you hold a baby while I go to the toilet? <laughs> yeah. And I knew they were safe. So it's yeah. not like I'm, you know, giving them to somebody that would run off. Yeah. But, but my children from day one have been totally socialized, which is why they're brilliant little people now. You know, they've never been clingy. They're kutchy and, you know, they yeah. love their dad, but they, they are so confident um, in themselves. They're beautifully rounded little people that they, would, they will go into any situation yeah. and just, you know, and dive in. Yeah. And I love that. Ah, Another thing that you juggle is your workload. So as a <sighs> single parent as well of twins, do you, I mean, how, how do you navigate that? 
It's a little trickier now because, you know, my children are, children are in full-time education. They've now. got a place to be, yeah. Whereas before, I could, I took them on our last tour. Oh. And that, that it, it was lovely, actually. You know, I took, some, I took some help with me because when I'm on stage, obviously, I need somebody to, you know, to look after my children. So it was magical. It, it was great. I mean, I'm sure, you, you know, yours have gone on tour with, with Tom, yeah, right? Yeah. But is that, what age... was it like for you seeing your kids watching or knowing that they were taking it they in? Are, they're at the age now where they will understand. Yeah. But I used to take my boys to sound check and then the lighting department would, you know, flash, you know, lasers or flashing <laughs> lights on the stage. So it was almost like a multi-century place at, at the O2, you know, <laughs> brilliant. Um, so, and then the girls were like, like, again, herding sheep so they didn't fall off the edge of the stage, you know, so we could do our sound check with my kids. So it was it was beautiful. And one of my best memories, actually. I've done, you know, lovely things in my career, things I'm so proud of. But the memory that sticks out is when all of our children joined us on stage at Wembley and we sang It's The Way You Make Me Feel. And it it will top any memory in the whole of my career. Aww. It was just it mind-blowing. Just to share that with our families, it was yeah. just incredible. Do you think they understand what you do, that that's your job? They think I'm an ice skater. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the only thing that I've done is dancing on ice that they've and I don't you know brainwash them with five six seven eight or tragedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing they've seen me do is is uh, dancing on ice. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing! They're at the age now where they can actually so they'll come to a few concerts, and I think they'll be a bit overwhelmed by it. They'll be a bit like, oh, that they've seen me on the television before. Uh, say I'm doing, you know, this morning or Lorraine, my parents will have them at my house and they'll film the boys watching me on TV. And (laughs) so I've taught my children to, uh, if if I'm speaking, they say, excuse me, daddy. So, and they were shouting at the TV, excuse me, daddy, excuse me, daddy, you're you're not listening, you're not talking back to me, daddy, excuse me, daddy. (laughs) Because I obviously, I wasn't answering them back. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) How old is Buzz now? He's, he's the oldest one, right? Yeah, he's seven. And he gets what daddy does, right? Or he thinks, yeah. does he think it's cool? He, no, he, oh uh, yeah. He's got a guitar around his neck. He's always playing, like he really, he idolises Tom so much. But you know, our kids, they go through stages where we realise that they really don't get that not everyone is on TV or not everyone, mm-hmm. you know, does what we do. Uh, so yeah, there is definitely a bit of that, but I'm in the lucky position, I guess, because I get to watch them watch Tom whereas Tom doesn't get to see and you won't get to see your children's reactions but yeah it is uh it is incredible just all of our kids are very privileged you know to be part of this world you know and I constantly you know say things you know my children hopefully touch wood will never want for anything um emotionally you know or in any other way but I will constantly remind them, you know, lots of boys don't have lovely things. You yeah. know, lots of boys don't ha- can't go to trampoline parks. Yeah. So, you know, and they do say back to me, we're very lucky. And oh, Cappy said the other day, Daddy, do you think uh, some boys and girls would like toys in our playroom? Because we have a lot. And I was like, oh. you know, things like that, you know, the little seeds that you plant, you know, the little the things that you drip feed. Yeah. You know they take root and and they're growing and I'm and I oh god I've got goosebumps thinking I'm I'm so proud of them. Well, the other thing that you do that you won't have had growing up 
is they're a massive part of... You take them to Pride with you and they're a massive part of that. What is it like being at something like Pride and having your beautiful boys with you who, you know, decades ago, you, it would have been something that you didn't even think was possible? Oh, my goodness me. I mean, for me, as an out-proud gay man, to attend an event like that with my children is... You know, it's something I would never have thought could happen. Mm. Prides now are all-inclusive events. They have huge family areas where they, you know, they, they teach about LGBTQI plus uh, families. That, you know, if, if there is a child that's maybe identifying in a different way, you know, there's, there's help and support there. There's help and support for families. So it's not all about, you know, dancing your best life to Kylie. You know, it's, not, <laughs> you know, it's all inclusive. And my kids just love, you know, the ribbons and the rainbow flags and the balloons. Oh, they, they, they love it. It's so good. I mean, your mind when you're there, it must just be, you must, there must be moments that are quite emotional for you, you know. Yeah, I mean, after everything I've been to, you know, to get my children here, I carry them proudly on my back, you know, in their backpacks and they're waving their flags. They adore it. I love it. So cute. And are you happy that you've, you know, you're back in Wales? Do you see that they, have they always lived in Wales? Or have they been with yeah. you somewhere else? Yeah, from day dot, yeah. So it must just be lovely. So, uh, like, uh, nature, because you post a lot of the boys out and about, you know, and I feel like that is such a, a beautiful way to live, to have that space. I'm very lucky that I have, you know, a, gar a big garden. And during lockdown, that absolutely, oh my God, that was my saviour. I mean, we, we were out every day mm. I mean I'm creative but I got very inventive there wasn't a toilet roll left in my village you know we made <laughs> binoculars you know the, the, the incredible things you know uh, spaceships out of cardboard boxes you know we made um, giant bubbles out of bamboo sticks and laces <laughs> you know I became very inventive and they oh my gosh we had such a good time I learned a lot about myself and my children uh, throughout lockdown you know coping mechanisms ways to remember the good times. Actually, what I did, so I did this many, many years ago, and I did it so I wouldn't forget, and my children will eventually know. So I set up email accounts for my children, and they will have the passwords when they're older, yeah. but every significant event, first day of school, a birthday, maybe they got a star for being good. Oh. I've taken a picture and I've written a little note underneath it and I've emailed their accounts. Oh. And they can open that up, you know, when they're 18 or maybe when they get married or, you know, when the time is right. So they can see... Their not lives. what I went through. Because I have... I've not been so truthful that it hurts, but I've, you know, I've used phrases like, you were spirited this day. <laughs> <laughs> you were very busy yesterday. <laughs> They say one of my friends is a, is a school teacher and she says there are certain words that are used in reports and stuff that mean things like that. And I'm like, there you okay, go. The subtext so... is you were a little dick. Yeah, your child is a twat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you go. Oh, dear. But you're right. It is so important for us to talk about that, those times and uh, and... And that's why this podcast exists. You know, it's to kind of let, let people know that whatever you're going through, you know, you're not on your own. And, and even no. as a single parent, it, there must be times where you feel so lonely. And, and in fact, actually having your own support network around you must, you know, it, that, that's a, such an important part of your life as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, somebody said this to me um, a couple of weeks ago. So, and they said, are, are you okay? You know, because you're alone. And I said, 
actually, I, I'm on my own. I'm not alone. Yeah. And they're very different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will take one hell of a man to, especially in the gay world, because this kind of family, you know, I'm in a minority. Generally, when gay people have children, it's planned later on in a relationship. Right. It's very different to a traditional um, opposite sex uh, relationship. Um, so it'll take one hell of a man to join me and my kids yeah. and feel like they can stand up against us as a family unit. Because I would love to share my family unit and what I have with somebody, but he's yet to come knocking. Yeah, it must be like that. That's got to be very tricky thinking about when you meet someone, you have a family and mm -hmm. your children will always come first. Yeah, I mean, and in the gay world, generally, gay men are carefree. You know, they yeah. can go to Spain at the drop of a hat. They can go to the theatre at the drop of a hat. Whereas I have to plan my life, you know, very far ahead around swimming lessons and <laughs> gymnastics lessons. You know, all of those things. So, yeah. you know, school report day or, you know, I have to get, you know, PE kit ready. You know, all of those things. So it's very different in the straight world because I guess sometimes, you know, Life goes in different directions. People split up from their partners and they get together with and they have blended families. Yeah. So they understand the needs of stepchildren and, you know, extended families. But a lot of men don't understand my situation or the needs and my priorities. It is literally going from footloose and fancy free existence to something that is far more structured. Yeah. Um, if you could write a letter... On parenthood, okay. who would it be to and what would you say? Parenthood? Mm. Oh, wow. Um, I'd probably write one to myself, I guess. <laughs> I'm a different kind of dad. And I would say that the person that I grew up to be is because of many different things in my childhood. So I would say, don't be afraid to be you because you are unique and there is nobody else like you. I'd say maybe be confident in your own skin mm -hmm. because you have been told by so many people that you are not right, you're not normal, you're different. But different is beautiful. We're all different. My God, this is a really tough one, actually. I'd say don't pretend to like girls. <laughs> Did you for a I while? Yeah, I did, yeah, because I tried to convince myself that I did. Right. <laughs> yeah, so don't pretend to like girls to convince yourself that you may like them. Yeah. Because you won't. <laughs> not in, in, in that way. Don't waste your time. <laughs> and I would say your parents will never be ashamed of you for being who you are. Aww. And pink isn't just for girls. No, it's not. Pink is for everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I teach my kids that. Uh, so actually, the other day, the Cubby came home and he went, pink is for girls. So the next day, I wore pink on the school run. <laughs> and, and suddenly it was all okay. And then uh, again, um, Max came and he said, girls wear dresses. So, and that's why I made a point in our new video, I wore a skirt in right. the new video. Just because I wanted to represent a different part of the LGBTQI plus community. You know, why should clothes have a gender? I have an amazing platform where I can play dress up. Mm. I'm so privileged that I can fly the flag for people who can't. Yeah. 
Do you think as well, the way that you parent, because you grew up knowing that you were different and not really knowing how like, to accept that, do you think you parent with that in mind? Um, I don't uh, raise my children as non-binary or genderless. No. I just let them decide what they want to do. Yeah, and yeah, there yeah. are no restrictions in our house or in our world. I notice those restrictions when they come home from school. Right. You know, with, you know, people that they talk to in the schoolyard. Um, and I will try and correct that yeah. to make it very neutral. It's like I say, anybody can wear a dress yeah. if they want to. You know, anybody can wear pink. You can wear nail varnish if you want to. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wouldn't say I raise my children non-binary in any way, but I am genderless. Yeah. You know, the, everything, anything goes. But even in terms of, because cause you say like your parents, they're not ashamed of you. They absolutely love you. But you would have, as a child, worried about going to them with the fact that you were gay. And actually, for you, this is a thing that is so huge now across mm-hmm. the world. So they are growing up in a very different world to what you did. Yeah, I mean, my, I grew up in a very different world. You know, yeah. it was a very different time back then. And I don't think my parents were equipped with the correct information or they didn't have the armour uh, needed to deal with, you know, what I was going through. Mm. I mean, I didn't voice, you know, you know, that I was gay for many, many years. But like you say, luckily things have changed. And if my children come home and say, you know, that they're gay, or they're bi, or they are trans, it doesn't matter to me. They can be their perfect, unique self in any way. Yeah, and there's beauty in that. So much beauty. Totally, absolutely. That's what we say about a step show. It's an open door policy. Mm. you can come and be your authentic self. You can live your best life. It doesn't matter how you identify, what gender you are, what sexuality, what colour, any disability. Come and be exactly who you are. There's a song that we have called Neon Blue, and it's the favourite lyrics that I have from any of our songs. And it's come as you are because you're great and you don't have to change a thing. Mm. And that's what a step show is about. Yeah. I've got goosebumps thinking about that. I, I love that lyric. Yeah. How has fatherhood changed you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I see the beauty in the smallest things. You know, Cubby will come to me and he'll go, Daddy, that's a leaf. And I'm like, that is a leaf. You know, and you know, things like that. Or, you know, he will want to become a pirate and he'll pick up a toilet roll and instantly he's a pirate looking through his, you know, his uh, binoculars, you know, things like that. And and I treasure those moments because they are things that you just take for completely for granted. You know, you become a child again, that inner child comes out because of your children. Mm. I love that. Uh, And I finished each podcast episode with you finishing three sentences. So the first one is being a dad means... Oh my gosh. Let me go. Being a dad means I never knew what true love was before. I never knew that I could love so deeply with every fibre of my being. I've had relationships before where I've loved people, but never would I throw myself in front of a bus for them. Do you get that? I get that. Absolutely. Um... Since is that all right? Was that <laughs> beautiful? That was beautiful. Uh, since having children, I see the beauty in things, and I treasure the little things in life. 
making telescopes out of toilet rolls, you know, climbing a tree and, and yeah. becoming a, you know, a Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> things like that, you know, things you that cost no money at all, but memories that you treasure. Yeah. And I'm happy when? My children are asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay (laughs) I'm happy I'm happy when all of my hard work is paying off yeah it's in those little comments like you said about those little comments of kindness and love and and thoughtfulness They, they just kind of make your heart sing my children make me want to be a better person And I become that better person for my children to, you know, to armour them, to give them praise, to drip feed positivity, you know, all of those things that are making them into the little people that they are. Yeah, that's gorgeous. H, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.